Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. A key priority at the federal level for the American Farm Bureau Federation is WOTUS. This stands for Waters of the United States. It's a regulation that's been back and forth over the past few decades. Courtney Briggs leads government affairs with Farm Bureau. She breaks down the status on WOTUS. Yeah, there's been um, considerable confusion over the last several decades. And um, right now we are in the middle of a regulatory rulemaking uh, process. Um, the Biden administration has come in and um, offered a rulemaking to repeal the Trump administration's navigable waters protection rule and replace it with um, a very troubling rule that would greatly expand the federal government's reach over private property. Give us some history on this, on this clean waters in the United States. Yeah, unfortunately, Congress was very vague when they wrote the Clean Water Act and did not fully uh, define what a water of the U.S. is, and that's why um, the agencies have stepped in and crafted their own uh, definition of what a WOTUS is. And that's why we've seen the definition ping-pong back and forth across different administrations, because each administration comes in and thinks they have a new a new definition of WOTUS. Unfortunately, the people that suffer are the regulated community, because the rules keep on changing. Let's uh, talk about the Obama administration. That was when WOTUS was ruled as an overreach by the federal government. Can you tell us why that was? Yeah, uh, the Obama rule was a a federal overreach, and there were a number of courts that agreed with us on that. But the Obama uh, rule really expanded the federal government's reach because it encompassed features like ephemeral features, such as ditches or low spots in a farm field, as jurisdictional by category. So it was a blanket jurisdiction, which was very troubling because it's outside of the reach of of the Clean Water Act. Unfortunately, the Obama rule did not respect congressional intent. It did not respect Supreme Court precedent, and um, the rule was ultimately struck down. The fear was if it rained, if you had a heavy rain on your farm and you did have a low spot that filled with water, it was then regulated as an established lake or stream, correct? Yeah, that was a, a serious concern, and it's very important for farmers and ranchers and all members of the regulated community to know where the line of jurisdiction is because there are civil and criminal liabilities attached to Clean Water Act compliance. Um, so the stakes are very high, and unfortunately, um, we're moving back with the Biden administration's proposal to a very confusing um, regulatory regime. Tell me more about American Farm Bureau Federation's role in navigating that policy in the direction that's pro-agriculture. Yeah, so the American Farm Bureau Federation has been at the forefront of this issue for decades, and because it is so important to farmers and ranchers across this country, our goal right now, especially in the middle of this regulatory process, is to make sure the farmer and rancher perspective is heard by, by the agencies. Um, Unfortunately, we've been rather unsatisfied with the stakeholder outreach that we've received, and unfortunately that was a promise that was made very early on in Administrator Regan's tenure at EPA. So really we want to make sure that the agencies understand how this will affect the the daily, you know, operations um, of our, and especially our small businesses. You know, what's the status on that now? I mean, how far along are they in the writing process? Is there an end date? 
So they have not announced an end date. Um, they closed the uh, public comment period back in February, and so right now they are working on uh, reading and responding to comments. But, you know, we have the Supreme Court case that is coming in the fall um, that should sh shed some light on a line of jurisdiction. So, you know, we have the regulatory process happening and then also, um, you know, Supreme Court gearing up to hear this case. What do you support in a clean water policy? First and foremost, we want clarity and we want certainty. And that has been lacking from the Obama rule and from this proposed rule. The Trump administration actually was successful in providing that bright line of jurisdiction where farmers and ranchers didn't need lawyers and environmental consultants and engineers in order to navigate the permitting process. Um, any landowner could pretty much walk out onto their property and understand what was jurisdictional and what wasn't. Um, so clarity and certainty is paramount. We also want a rule that respects congressional intent and respects Supreme Court precedent. For example, one of the issues that this rule uh, we see is um, it really discredits 101B of the Clean Water Act. And 101B says that there is a role for states to play. It is a partnership between the federal government and state governments in order to protect our nation's waters. And unfortunately, under the Biden administration, we see the power of the states being usurped. So they need to respect that. Is this a red-blue argument? Uh, we, we do get Democratic support, and, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the regulated community just wants a rule that is durable, um, you know, that respects all of the things that I've already talked about, congressional intent and, and Supreme Court precedent. Um, I do, but I do not see this as a, a, a red-and-blue issue. There are healthy debates about, you know, how much should the states be regulating and how much should the federal government be regulating. But I think that was one of the areas that Congress was pretty clear on uh, with their intent under the Clean Water Act. Courtney Briggs leads government affairs with the American Farm Bureau Federation. EPA is hosting some regional roundtables primarily in the month of June. Courtney says this is a chance for farmers and ranchers to share their perspective on WOTUS. She also told me there's been a transparency issue by the administration in who is participating in these discussions. She notes some industries have been left out. This underscores why it's important for agriculture to lend their voice. I think it's important for farmers and ranchers to continue to talk about this in the countryside and to your elected officials, um, letting them know that this is an issue, especially the ones that are working in Washington, D.C. Um, and any opportunity to engage with EPA and the Corps and, and to tell the, the farmer and rancher perspective is, is paramount. Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Regan says the agency does want to stop the ping-ponging that's been taking place over the past 12 years. He says EPA wants to provide more certainty with the rule this administration is writing. EPA is going back to the pre-2015 rule and making changes to satisfy Supreme Court rulings that the Obama-era WOTUS was overreach. So our number one goal really is to learn from the past and put forth a doable rule that provides some certainty to our agriculture community. The reality is that there are decisions being made today. Farmers are facing uncertainty today. We believe, based on what we've heard and the feedback that we've gotten directly from our farming and agriculture community, that we can codify a more durable rule that provides more regulatory certainty. And by the way, we're still in a listening posture. We're doing 10 regional roundtables all across the country um, that are somewhat being led by many of our ag constituents. And so we look forward to continuing and to seek that feedback. Administrator Regan says EPA is treating the roundtables like they do public comment sessions.
sessions and will make the information publicly available. He shares more about his goal for the new WOTUS with farm broadcasters in D.C. I believe that uh, the path that we're taking, which is starting back at pre-2015, uh, again, the Supreme Court has weighed in since 2015, so we need to codify some of that. But there's some pragmatic pieces uh, that we can add to that, plus what we've heard during the comment period. You know, we, we've, we've gotten a lot of comments um, during the comment period that is informing what we're doing, and these regional roundtables will as well. There, there is um, a fine line to walk in terms of how you protect the environment, provide farmers certainty, follow the science, follow the law, but do it in a way where it's implementable. In my conversations with Tom Vilsack, uh, as we start to move down this path of what I believe to be a more durable rule that provides more regulatory certainty, we've got a much stronger partnership with USDA on an educational campaign that would help our farmers understand what the rules of engagement are and how to comply with it in a way that's not admin overly administratively burdened. That's EPA Administrator Michael Regan commenting on the rewrite of the Waters of the United States rule. Before him, we heard from Courtney Briggs, who leads government affairs with the American Farm Bureau Federation. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.